Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Yeah, man. We're going to do back-to-back evenings here. I know. We go Monday. This is, I mean, has there been a closer two episodes than a Monday evening, Wednesday evening? We go late. Then we go early. It's 48 hours apart, basically. Not even. I mean, non-football season, too. We're really... We're really really taunting our fans. We're like, and now you'll go from Wednesday evening until God knows when the next... Like, when's the next one going to be? Monday. Right. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) You know, the easiest way to know if you want to watch live is just subscribe on YouTube right now. Yeah. Enable push notifications. Then, you that's, know, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I never think about that. Cause it's like, we're, we're changing our schedule, but probably dirt balls are probably listening to it. The same schedule. They'll probably not check it until Thursday morning. And they'll be like, Oh, look, it's already in there. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. But you know, if you're sitting at home tonight, you can be watching this on your big screen. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing the YouTube comment section. Shout out to Ari Gold. Skipping the Narcissist Rappers documentary to watch this. I assume you're talking about the Kanye documentary. Oh, I got to watch that. I've heard really good things. Love it. You've watched it? Watch, well, the, the, Netflix is doing something they don't normally do. They Rolling did. it out slow? One episode. Five days later, the second one dropped today. They're going to do another one, I think, five days later. It's three parts. You know me, I am, I'm, I'm a Kanye stan, but I've also been on and off the bandwagon a few times in terms of like, in terms of the music and also in terms of the person. But I recently, when he flipped out on social media and started calling Skeet Davidson and all that, <laughs> I was like, well, actually the, the thing that did it for me was when he was on Let, the Letterman interview show. And I think I talked about it on here and he was just like, no, I am crazy. And when I'm losing my mind, I'm just usually not on my meds. I was like, well, you know, you can't, you can't hate a guy who just like is crazy, knows he's crazy and has just like a medication problem. I watched the first one. My girlfriend and I watched the first one. Like I'm a huge, she's a Kanye. Like we're both Kanye fans too. Like, I, I really like Kanye's music. Like, you know, again, we're not going to like it all. He's put out a lot of stuff recently, but I thought the first one was great. The first one basically follows him around the younger days, Kanye. Right. That's what the first episode is. And it's all the footage that was shot. It's pretty phenomenal. L- leading up, not that this is a big tease. This is basically leading up to him getting signed by Rockefeller and how you see in that first documentary that... To be honest, I think a lot nobody took him seriously, and he was just a beat guy. And you see rappers treat him like that. And even Jay-Z, just in my opinion, by the mannerisms and how they talk and Dame Dash, and you see a hungry guy 
And look, I, I say this about a lot of people, you know, we talk about being crazy. The people who are extremely talented and I would call him a musical genius, they're going to be a little off maybe in some other areas. Yeah. I think talented artists in general are going to have some demons in the closet and he's one of them and we're complicated as individuals. And I think that that's what this documentary shows. And I'm excited. You'll, you'll like it. I thought of you. I was like, I was going to bring it up. Actually. I'm glad that somebody posted that comment. You'll like it. Let's go. And, and it'll remind you of like how good some of his early shit was, man. Oh yeah. I, I don't need reminders. Like that, that's the thing with Kanye from the beginning. My, my only criticism of early Kanye was that he would, and he's still, I think he's still doing it to some point is he, he like, spreads his hits out he knows he has hits and he's like why put 10 on an album when i can just put five and five on the next one and do it with filler and it's like i don't know you could make one bang an 11 song album and not be doing like snl skits in between yeah no it's true but when you watch this i think i think again it puts perspective because he's obviously grown into just such another thing and another whole other like i haven't followed the pete davidson stuff at all I, I was, his instagram meltdowns are holy he'll he'll literally be posting like fan created memes and shit like there was one point where it was like he posted an infinity war meme it was like him versus kim and then like down the line it was like on his side it was like i don't even remember who was on his side but on her side it was like her pete davidson Taylor Swift. <laughs> You're like, what? That's hilarious. But like, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not, I don't feel sorry for Kim Kardashian either. Like, well, dude, you, you know, you. you know what you got. Yeah. You got involved in this. And and who knows how much of this is for the album drop or how much like that whole relationship. I question, I question everything. You do. You got to question. I question everything in life now. And, and, and these, these Hollywood relationships are, any of these things, how many of these things are all bullshit? Who, who knows? Pete Davidson, I, I, I just still, giant question. I just don't get it. This isn't even being a hater. Like, I just don't get it. It's just a vibe these days. That's what the kids are into. You know but what like, I mean? Like, but my point is he's getting all these, dude, dude, look at his, like, look at his Rolodex now of women. I know. That's what I'm saying. But it's just the thing these days. I mean, look at Machine Gun Kelly's with Megan Fox. The dude was wearing like Doc Martens to the All Star Celebrity Game. You're like, put on some basketball shoes, Doc. Like, does Pete Davidson just have the biggest dick? Like, what is it? I mean, I mean, serious. Like, is that it? Is he just banging like a boss? I've heard the complete opposite. You've heard the complete opposite. He he even on stage when he did one of those shows, he did a joke about one of the roasts. No, what, like he did a stand-up show after where he was like, Ariana Grande fucked my shit up because she was like telling people I had a big dick. And meanwhile, now everybody comes in expecting me to have a big dick. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure he's like a, he's a pretty tall guy, a pretty lanky fellow. Yeah, I, he could be downplaying that for stand-up purposes. But I, I, I think he's just, I think it's just the thing that the chicks are into. The young girls are into like fucking sad boys in, in two big hoodies that fucking tattoo themselves. But isn't he getting his tattoos removed? Ah, who the fuck? You're, you're you, you, you know how I know this? Person I'm dating, it's the same thing. Obsessed, like loves Pete Davidson, like wants to fuck Pete Davidson. I'm like, 
I'm like, what? Well, like, what is this? Like, like, what's the P? I don't. This is not me trying to be a hater. Like, if somebody was like, "Hey, I, you know, so and so guy," I'm like, "Oh, I get it. I see it." I don't know. Yeah, I think that's just a millennial, like, sad, sad hipster boy thing. Uh, you, know. you know, he's artsy. He's sad. I mean, for uh, God's sakes, Kyle Aronofsky painted my bathroom red, fucking with his red hair. You know, it's like a millennial sad boy, fucking emo <laughs> rock thing. They all tattoo themselves. That's a, that's and, a, that's a great callback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great callback. Well, check out the Kanye documentary. I, I recommend it. And uh, something I probably will not be checking out to bring it back to sports is the new Tom Brady movie, which I'm talking about full blinking guy. Me when I read this, did you see this? Uh, not only did I see it, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't know if this is okay to throw out there or not, but there's at one point a, a casting call that like one of the, one of the, um, <clears throat> one of the roles was like a podcaster or like a radio host in the movie. And, and, and agent I've worked with was like, I think Joe would be great for this. And I was like, yeah, till Tom Brady fucking <laughs> listens to one second of the dirty sports podcast where I call him the world's biggest cheater. Oh, so you saw like an audition for it. Yeah. So Brady is going to make and produce or produce, I should say a road trip comedy. This one's going to star Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field will star in. It's going to be called 80 for Brady. So I guess this is based on a true story. The true story was not the four women, but we're four friends went on an adventure to the Super Bowl. This is the 2017 Super Bowl where they played the Atlanta Falcons. We're four best friends. Made They're a like, it's change. a really good story, but can they be old women? Can they be old women who already have Netflix shows? Great. That'd be perfect. Let's get them in here. Yeah. Like, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, Gra th Grace and Frankie go to the Super Bowl. This is, this is what Brady's doing. This is what you're doing, man. Dude, the quarterback, honestly, he, he at this point, I mean, we're talking about Kanye. Quarterbacks have turned into the, like quarterbacks are going more Kanye than Kanye. Tom Brady's drinking baby blood and making like old lady road trip movies. Aaron Rodgers is troll retiring on Instagram. You think that was his move? Dude, the last picture in the thing was Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb standing next to each other on the sideline in a game that he missed because of COVID when it's he famously like stands between those guys. Sure. So the last thing is like, look at me. I'm not on the sideline. But he claimed, I, I watched a lot of that McAfee interview. He claimed that picture meant so much to him when those guys sent it to him that he actually cried. Cause that's how close he is with those guys. And he just got done with that wild. Cleanse. That's what I'm saying, man. The, all the quarterbacks are going to Kanye right now. That cleanse was wild. Did, did you see what that cleanse is? Yeah. It's not. Somebody posted on our Reddit. 
So it's the Panchakarma. Is that what it's called? I'm. It's the Panchakarma cleanse to detoxify. There's five levels to it. There's the vomin, which you induce severe spell of vomiting to clean upper gut. There's the Varechin. By the way, I know I'm butchering the names of this, so come at me, dirtballs. The fucking rude. They're not no fucking Hindu. I'm fucking rude. They're botching these words. Uh, the Varechin, Varashan, whatever it is, forced diarrhea that purges and cleanses bowels. The Basti, medicated enema used to cleanse toxins through colon. The Nasa, Nasia, the nasal administration of medicated oil to cleanse toxins. And the last one is Raktamakashna, Kashana, whatever. That's the procedure t- done to cleanse blood. So he did those five things. Takes horse paste a few moments later. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about that stuff. Here's what I'll say about detoxify that. his upper gut. I'd be I'd be lying if I would say I'm not. I'm very interested in like the, like these sort of alternative medicines, especially as I get older. Like wh- ayahuasca is really interesting to me now. And I was actually looking through someone I know did a retreat. Um where you get a shaman and you do the whole trip down in Costa Rica and it's like legit Jonesy's done that. Okay. He has. Yeah. So like, I I would kind of put this stuff along those lines. Like I'm not necessarily, but it's, it's in that sphere. Like I'm interested in that stuff, but this one, not as much forced vomiting enemas, I don't know, man. And then I'm confused because I thought he broke up with Shailene Woodley. But then if you watch the interview, he keeps talking about her. I miss the old A-Raj. <laughs> the play in the cold A-Raj. I think you're right, man. About NFL QB. The believes the science A-Raj. They ain't lying to us, A-Raj. Dropping bars. <laughs> Kanye reference, everybody. If you miss that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But th- this. Uh, this movie. No, no, thanks. That's a no for me, dog. Troy Buck. Troy Buck. Jesus. Look at me. Look, talk about Troy that. Buck. Look at that. Look at that Freudian slip. Troy, Troy Buck. Troy Buck uh, as a. As, a, as an Andrew Slater burner account back in the day, subsidized by <laughs> Andy Ruther and Luke Rosecrans. <laughs> it's Troy Buck's head on it's Joe Buck's head on Troy Aikman's body. Do that character. That's a great reference right there. <laughs> I love how no one will get that. Literally no one will get that. But the four of us. Yeah. So Troy Aikman is allegedly leaving Fox for ESPN Monday Night Football. They're deep in negotiations right now. And the rumor has it, his salary will exceed Tony Romo's $17.5 million. And uh, supposedly, wow, well, this is even developing even more, Joe, right, right as we do this show. Aikman's deal now is supposedly be worth around five years. And it looks like they're trying to go for Al Michaels to team him up. Wow. Michaels Aikman. Really trying to shake this up. 
Now, Michaels is 77, but he said he didn't retire, doesn't want to retire. I like Troy Aikman a lot. I yeah, always me too. have. Me too. I think he's great. And you have, uh, you and I have both said, like, I like the Buck Aikman duo. They've been on air for what, 18, 19, 20 years? Yep. A lot of people shit on those two, and in particular, Buck. I've disagreed. I think a lot of it's just angry people who want to complain about somebody announcing games. You know who I blame for all of it? Who? McCarver. He was the worst. Tim McCarver. Yeah. And that made people hate Buck, and that made people hate Aikman via Buck. And like, it was like, it was, six, really, it was like six degrees of Tim McCarver hate. Yeah. You're going to see here, this guy's going to use his glove to try to catch the ball. You're like, Tim McCarver, shut up. <laughs> Goddamn well, Hall, of, Hall of Fame catcher. Can't that's, fucking... a, that's a huge cue, though, for ESPN, because God knows they've been kind of floundering since uh, Joe, Joe, John Gruden, Joe, John, Jesus, John Gruden, since he left. Yeah. Gruden's I mean, not happy about this. No. Yeah, you know, Troy Aikman. This guy strike you as a grinder? I don't think so. I'd rather have Derek Carr up there. Get 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 Derek Carr off the field. Get him up in the booth. This guy, he knows how to get after it. He's a fighter. Troy Aikman just riding on the backs of Emmett Smith and Spider 2Y Michael Irvin to a couple Super Bowls. And now he just gets to be in the booth for 20 years. Get out of here. That's a huge get for ESPN, which then if, if, and I'm going to get fired and you don't think Troy Aikman said the N word. I've seen Troy Aikman say the N word. (laughs) This guy's. Maybe that's the, why is he so goddamn red? (laughs) What's wrong with his eyes? Looks like you got pepper sprayed. My favorite is. You know, the favorite one that still makes me laugh to this day is the Troy Aikman looking like Jay-Z. <laughs> I swear I'm not high. Everybody's going to think I'm high. The meme with Troy Aikman looks like <laughs> Jay-Z that just popped up like three years ago or something during NFL Sundays. He came I- to talk to me before a Sunday night, before a, a Sunday game. We were at Sunday game of the week. He comes in. He's like, hey, Gruden, let me talk to you. What do you guys got planned this week? He shows me that meme. And I was like, that's pretty good. It's pretty funny. And he goes, yeah, I don't like looking like that N-word. I was like, whoa, <laughs> Troy. And then I wrote it in an email, and then I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is Oh, man. I got fired for just recounting something Troy Hickman said to me. That'd be huge, though, because Fox, then what do they do with, with Buck? And then same thing for Sunday Night Football. Let's be honest. my You know, Collinsworth isn't well-liked, and then he's at least has the backing of Michaels if Michaels leaves for the last 15 years. They're going to slide to Rico. I also don't understand why is Monday Night Football like so hard on to like up their game when they should. I feel like they should just have the most vanilla crew ever and just focus on the Manning cast. Yeah, that's right. That's the thing. I love 
Aikman. I'm not choosing Aikman over the Manning brothers. I'd rather watch the Manning brothers read the back of a cereal box than watch Troy Aikman take the field as a cowboy again at 60 years old. Yeah. I know. So I don't know, man. I'll, I'll be curious how this plays out. I never thought of that. That's a great point. Like you have this new Manning cast, which seems to universally be loved. Again, anybody who doesn't love the Manning cast, like you got serious mental problems. Yeah. You, you're an angry, unhappy individual. I haven't met a single person in real life who doesn't like it. I've seen some trolls on Twitter being like, I want to, I want to hear the crowd noise. Yeah. Want to hear the game. Want to get some of that Brian Greasy insight. So I don't know, but once again, the NFL kind of stealing the show here as they're always trying to do, but we're going to, we're going to venture into some other things, Joe. I I, I got, let's let's venture. I got some things in the rundown. Did you see what JJ Reddick was saying about Zion Williamson? No, I, I, I saw you put that in the rundown, but I didn't click the link. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Sorry. It's been, it's been a busy couple of days. No, I know. Uh, so I, th- I think this is interesting because he hasn't played all year. And also it's interesting. You know, you brought up the point a couple episodes ago talking about the John Morant number two, Zion number one. Now, right. Zion's been great when he's on the court, but he's not ever on the court. So it's, you know, we talked about Anthony Davis last episode. It's the same thing. You're, you got to be on the court. Yeah. And Jaws leading his team to a great season. Uh, dude, Tug and I have been, we, we, we text uh, just about weekly, if not bi-weekly to, you know, that was our big claim in the, um, in that March madness we covered. We both said, take job first. Yeah. We're looking like that. I mean, that's a no brainer at this point. That was, that was one of your guys better calls in the history of this show. For sure. It, it really does look like a no brainer. So JJ Reddick, who, as a quick reminder, played with him. Yeah, of course. And obviously they both from Duke, so you're gonna have that background connection together. And uh, he said, "There's a responsibility that you have it as an athlete when you play a team sport to be fully invested. You're fully invested in your body. You're fully invested in your work, and you're fully invested in your teammates. That is your responsibility. We have not seen that from Zion." And he, and he continued to say, this is something I have addressed with Zion in front of the team. This is going back to his rookie year. Basically just saying he's lazy, huh? Yeah. This is a pattern of behavior with Zion that we are seeing again and again. I was his teammate. I can describe him as a detached teammate. That is an accurate statement. And then this one's pretty mind-boggling. To back that up, did you see what CJ McCollum said? No. After the trade? My guy. Your guy during all-star weekend after the trade happened said he hadn't even spoken to Zion. I haven't had conversations with him directly. I've spoken with some people close to him and look forward to sitting down with him sooner than later. It's always wild when these guys who like he, he accomplished something by being the first overall draft pick. There's no doubt about that, but that's after one year at Duke where he's also gets hurt. And like, he really has done a a whole lot of absolutely nothing in the NBA. 
and to be detached and to be not calling your new team. Like, so. Well, that's what JJ Reddick said. He said, referring to that, this just shows a complete lack of investment in your team, in the organization, the city. I get that he's hurt and he's away from the team, but you just traded for one of the 50 best players in the league, a guy that's going to be paired with you. Reach out and say hello. This is the pattern that we see with him again and again and again. But my question is like, what is he even doing if he's not to like, it's, it's, it's got Manziel vibes. It's got like being a name and getting drafted was enough. And now just like coast on this. It's like you will so quickly be forgotten if you don't actually perform to some degree in the NBA. Yeah. You're Michael Olawa candy in like 15 more minutes. I mean, he was You're good. Greg like, owned it. And like, but, obviously, but, but it doesn't matter. One we, year flash. Julius Randall was good last year too. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. But let's not forget. They were already talking about him, not wanting to play for new Orleans after like a year or two. Like, like to me, that's a big one. And I guess he eventually did reach out to CJ McCollum after CJ said that publicly, but uh, like, like JJ Reddick saying, dude, you, you, you trade for a top caliber NBA player that that's going to be paired with you. First thing you do is reach out to the guy. I just want to know what his day to day is. What, what would you say you do here? Yeah especially if you're not with the team and you're rehabbing on your own. Yeah, that was a miss, man. I think things can change. I mean, we saw Joel Embiid was completely injury prone his first couple years, and clearly he's now an MVP candidate and has been the last few years. He can turn it around, but texting your teammates is a start, bro. But remember, like Joel Embiid was like injury prone and also like jogging the streets of Philadelphia with like homeless kids. No one's seen Zion. What if he's in Russia? <laughs> what if he's on the Ukraine-Russia border? Hey, that's that's back-to-back Russia-Ukraine references for me in episodes. You know, I love my new thing is bringing up things I know nothing about, nor will I <laughs> will I care to even delve into it. Is that your new thing? <laughs> you say this is a new trend. Well, in the past, I'd act like I care. Now I just like my buddy brought this up yesterday at launch. He brought up like how this would have an effect. And I thought of what we said in the show. I'm like, no, it's not like yeah, there was a dirtball who came out to uh, one of the shows in Rosemont and he, he told me he used to be really fat and he got in shape by like running marathons. And then he was just like, I always think back to Ruther just running a marathon without ever thinking once about like how to, how to go about that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was one of the more amazing ones where he's just like, I got this. You just run fast for as long as you can. Right. That, I mean that I mean there was weeks leading up to that we're like I don't know if this is the way you're supposed to do it you're like I got this I thought 26 miles was gonna just whatever like of zero training yeah I, I, you learn you learn the hard way I remember standing on San Vicente Boulevard being like did he get lost oh no no, no. that one I did fine I was talking about Nashville Oh yeah, that was the first one. Like LA, LA, I was, I was, 
I, I trained, I did, yeah. you know, I finished like four hours, 38 minutes. It wasn't terrible. Like that one, that one I actually trained for. The Nashville was the Nashville was I've done three now. Nashville was like the, I was doing Nashville. I was doing periscopes in the middle of it, just bitching. <laughs> Showing my phone. There was a Taco Bell. i been like, I want to go in there. I want to get some Taco Bell. By the way, I have to share this. I have to share this. Speaking of Taco Bell. Oh, did, are you back on that? Are you back on your shit? So I crushed. There we go. Let's she's, go. She's not gonna like. I this. miss the old Ruther. She's not gonna like this, but it, in the last month, one of those just like awful snow weekends, where like we're ho- boarded up for a few days, and the roads are really bad. Like the first day and a half, but then they're they're good enough to where you can go out. Good enough where you can go get a Crunchwrap Supreme, my dog. No, 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 no. <laughs> not just that, dog. My lady and I together. She's gonna, that's why she's gonna hate this. Oh wow! Couples smashing of the bell. Thirty dollars for the Taco Bell. Wow, that's some John Daly shit. And we ate it all. Oh my god! It was one of those. We're getting enough to stock up. It was like it was like a squirrel hoarding acorns. We're getting enough for the next like eight hours. You ate it in fourteen minutes. No, I didn't do the old Ruther thing. And I could not tell you the last time I did Taco Bell. And I mean, ate it all. Every last drop. And the guy working was like, he was so, I've never seen someone happier, which I was so confused. He was like this young 16-year-old kid with, you know, overweight, like had some bad acne, but like, like, I'm just trying to just like set up how he looked like just so happy, which I was like, is he happy? Like, because there's like a snowstorm just happened. Is he happy? Like there's some people coming through. I think he'd be annoyed that we were here, but just shovel. I've never seen someone put so many hot sauce packets in a bag. It, it was, it was Ruther 2015, 2014 and crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. it. Something I should say, which we haven't brought up. We haven't talked baseball much, but the NL is adding a DH. We haven't even discussed that. Yeah. That was one of the early factors in the, those are one of the early things in the negotiations, which at this point, I think they said if they don't have a deal today or tomorrow or something like that, that baseball will not start on time and they will miss games. So we're, we're within hours of a not full baseball season. Um, but one of the early things was we want the DH. They got the DH. I don't love it. I honestly would have preferred to go the other way. No, no, no leagues having a DH, but I agree here we are. Um, whatever it's, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan but you know we make the we make the argument about college football all the time every level of sports does this so why do we only have a four team playoff every single level of baseball has a dh at this point so whatever it's fine especially yeah. for especially now that pitchers are specialty things and like you basically i mean 
from the minors, from the set, the day you step into the minor leagues, if not before you essentially don't hit. So whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Better, I, better for my Mets, even sure. though, even though I don't like it. Well, we have a call about your Mets. We have a depressed Mets fan. So, oh boy, baseball. I mean, that's kind of the only, <laughs> it's a, kind of the only Mets fans there are. Well, with baseball not happening, like you said, it's going to be delayed and games lost. We might as well play a depressed fan call. What's up, Joe and Andy? This is Derek from the beautiful Hudson Valley, New York. I'm calling yeah. in because a couple episodes ago, you guys were talking about baseball and said how young people don't care, which is mostly true. I'm 25, but as a lifetime loser, I'm a Mets, Knicks, Chargers fan. I don't Oof. see winning ever, and it sucks. Oof. The Mets finally have a chance. We get in the new owner who's spending money. We get Scherzer. We might get Bryant. We're rounding out this team, and the fucking season's canceled. I will be extremely upset if the season doesn't happen, and I might even kill myself. So the blood will be on your hands, Rob Manfred. Also, side note, when did the fuckboy scramble become the Rufus scramble? All right, guys. Take it easy. Mm, wow, that is... I don't really remember a, a transitional term, like how it changed. Well, I think you recently you described it as the Ruther. Was there a subconscious thing that the Ruth, Andy Ruther no longer being a fuckboy, it has become the Ruther scramble? Maybe. Maybe that or, was a subconscious I, thing. Is... is, is... I feel are, like we going, are we going with the Roscoe's dad scramble now instead of the fuckboy scramble? <laughs> Roscoe's dad scramble. I feel like I've been calling it the Ruther scramble the last few years, though. Maybe I just hadn't said it on air. Yeah. Because, uh, because, I, I, because for the record, I, I've used that. Like when I went on vacation with my brother's family and his in-laws, that was the term like last summer. Yeah. I wasn't like, like, all right, everybody, sit down. Fuckboy scramble time. They're like, excuse me? Cream pie Andy's serving up some fuckboy scrambles. What do you guys, what's the problem? Is this sound okay? It's got to be be depressing, though, as a Mets fan, because, again. It's it's horribly depressing. First of all, I mean, obviously, we share a lot in common, me and Hudson Valley, by the way, beautiful. Um, But Mets fans, Knicks fans, uh, 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 uh. But, you know, at least I'm a Giants fan. Meanwhile, he's a Chargers fan. He gets to watch the guy the Chargers drafted go and win two Super Bowls for a local team. Ugh, that is devastating. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've said it before. I've made the joke before, and I'll say it again, especially since he is, like, one of the main representatives of the players' union. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm 100% serious that, it would be so Mets for them to sign Max Scherzer and then Max Scherzer to like get frustrated being a player's rep and be like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm retiring. And then immediately they solve it. And the Mets has somehow have now signed no starting pitchers. I, I, I truly believe the major league baseball will settle its um, labor issues. The second Max Scherzer retires. That's how that's what it's like being a Mets fan. Well, so you've had one title in your life? In my life. And it was real early. Real early. That's true. 
I mean, it's the best. It's one of the best ones, but it's real early. Yeah. I mean, you had some success, though. Not this. It doesn't. I mean, obviously played, not. Played in two World Series. That's it. Didn't go to a game seven in either of them. Well, down the Bronx. Played in two finals as a Knicks fan. Uh, 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 uh. I just feel like I'm getting stabbed. Well, big Yankee news yesterday, which I wanted to bring up. Paul O'Neill is getting his number retired, which I saw was seemed to be controversial reading the comments from Yankees fans, which as a guy who played his first eight years with the Reds and, and, and looking back on arguably one of the worst trades ever for the Reds, Paul O'Neill for Roberto Kelly. Look how that played out. Now, to yeah. be fair, Paul O'Neill's career just flourished with the Yankees, where with the Reds, he was more of like a, you know, 260, 20 home runs, 75 RBI, but always good on defense. But like, you know, he really flourished because he had, he butted heads with uh, Lou Pinello on the Reds, but I was a little shocked why this would be controversial. I know the Yankees have so many greats, but when you bring up the numbers, it's pretty amazing. Over his nine-year span with the Yankees, which was 93 to 2001, these are on four title teams. That's why it's important. So on four title teams in that nine-year span, he ranked first in RBIs and doubles, second in hits, home runs, extra base hits, and runs. I mean, could you not argue like he's the main call with those numbers? You could argue in, in, in a batting title like like he's like a main call, like the main call, maybe. I mean, so that so essentially Paul O'Neill and this is no disrespect to Paul O'Neill, but it's like the same kind of thing. It's like it's the same kind of thing as Jeter while also he was you know, significantly better, um, for that, for that run, for that run. But what it is, is the Yankees have these guys and they go, well, they don't get paid that much and they're, you know, they fit real good. And so we'll pencil them in. And then the, the, the thing we'll rotate around is we'll get, we'll get a brand new ACE every year. We'll get a brand new three hole hitter. We'll get a brand new, whatever, you know? And so they rebuilt these teams, but you do need that consistency in your locker room. And that is what Derek Jeter obviously provided for them for 20 years. Paul O'Neill provided for nine Mariano Rivera provided for like, you need those guys who are just like day in and day out. Those are going to be there because you can't rebuild your team every year, even if you're the Yankees entirely. Um, But Paul O'Neill, he was the first guy that went there. That was like, he was the beginning of the run. It was like, it was getting guys like him, a veteran that had already done it, that had already won one. Yeah. And bring him in and, and, and penciling that guy in to the lineup every day and being like, we have a veteran. We've got a right fielder. He plays good defense. He's got heart. He's going to be the guy that comes in after a, you know, a line out and destroys the fucking, you know, bat rack and loses his goddamn mind. Um, But I, I actually, one thing I don't, mind about the Yankees and and it's good because obviously they have so many great players and the Celtics are the same way is like retire the fucking guy's number who cares like so too many of these teams are like up their own ass with like you have to have accomplished this or you have to be going to the Hall of Fame it's like why 
The Mets now have Steve Cohen, who has taken over for the Wilpons, who were just total douches about it. And like suddenly Keith Hernandez is going to have his number retired. Like, of course he should. Uh, so I'm totally fine with this. I think this is a very appropriate number retiring for the Yankees. Yeah. And again, like if he is one of those personalities and player again for basically a dynasty and, and again, the stats back it up. I, I was just, you're right. Just reading the comments, especially under the story on the athletic, it's just, it's like Yankees fans just sniffing their own ass. Like, uh, Paul O'Neill is going to be retired as a Yankee. And then they start going to be up there. What? He's going to be up there with Phil Rizzuto who hit 137 for an entire career. But he also fucking called it, you know, like, holy cow. Yeah. And obviously it helps that O'Neill calls the games for the Yankees. Sure. Sure. I actually think it's a totally valid retiring. Yeah. And uh, he still he still has a home. I know he was doing it. I think he lives there full time. He lives. He still lives here. He lives in Montgomery where my little brother lives. I think he's still uh, I know during the 2020 season, he was doing obviously all the games from his house. Calling them. Um, Just sitting in his house, calling Yankee games. And the mid Yankee game, I can see Chris Collinsworth house from here. And let's not forget, remember, his brother lived next door to us for a long time, who would be setting all that memorabilia up, up out front, taking pictures when like eBay started. <laughs> yeah. Chip O'Neill. <laughs> Did he also <laughs> rock a mullet? <laughs> I'm not going to name names. But his brother might have gotten one of my siblings stoned and paid him to set up an entertainment system while they got stoned together. <laughs> which, for the record, maybe not the best idea to pay a college kid money, which if I know, maybe not the best idea to get stoned with a college kid and then say, hey, you want to set up my entertainment system? Uh, classic chip. <laughs> so I assume... That sibling, again, who shall not be named, will be invited to the ceremony since he also played a vital role <laughs> in Paul O'Neill's historic uh, career with the Yankees. But I was, yeah, I was curious. I thought I thought you'd be on board with me, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll miss though. If there's no baseball, Joey's is baseball and beer and baseball and Miller Lite because those two go together. Like that's America's pastime. Andy, it's. Literally like a we're in we're in February now, you know, pitchers and catchers should have reported, you know, spring training games should be starting soon in Arizona and Florida. We're supposed to be just over a month away from the opening pitch of the season. And I look forward at this time of year, the second football ends and I'm not drinking Miller lights on my couch on a Sunday while watching football. I immediately start going. That's the next benchmark opening day spring in a ballpark Miller light in hand. It's the next, it's the next season. You got Christmas beer season. You got baseball and Miller light season, you know, and then you got football and Miller light season. It's basically the three seasons. 
How fresh were those Miller lights last weekend in Milwaukee? Uh, so fresh. So good. I was told that, you know, they, uh, they often come from other places, even in Milwaukee, but that they supposedly still get the freshest and that made oh, me happy. I'm sure I can only imagine guys. Miller light is brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. It's made from simple ingredients and it's for people who love the taste of beer. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So today, I don't know if you saw this, marks the one-year anniversary of Tiger Woods' car crash. I didn't see that, but I knew it because it happened right after his golf tournament last year, and they just finished up uh, the golf tournament on Sunday at at Riviera here in L.A. So, yeah, sounds about right. The reason I'm bringing this up, I just want to bring it up because I, I did see some things, people talking about it. And I read a, a column in the local paper here in Cincinnati. But I, I just the reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm still fascinated how more people don't want to know more about this, Joe. Like you and I, I feel are one of the very few sports media, for lack of a better term, saying, was he trying to kill himself? How doped up was he? Why did L.A. County not pursue anything? If that was you, they are. They're not. They're not even. Must be the money. Sure, exactly. It is the money for sure. But I'm just. I don't know. And I know we said this before, but I want to bring it up again. Like it's still. I'm pretty much convinced at this point that the dude passed out on a ton of painkillers. But his foot. There was zero indication that he tried to use the brakes at all. Right. He's going, they say, between 80 to 84 and a 45. And as we know, those are sharp turns in that area. Conked out. So, so, so now he said three. Think about that. He said three related accidents under the influence of something. And, and, and again, well, uh, two, two and, and, a, and a pulled over, right? Okay. Two and a pulled over. And, you know. But he's all, but he's been under the influence in all three. But my point is, so how many times do you think he's driven like that? That's a great point too. Two hundred. But but my point is, for any of the Tiger Woods fans out there, I I just don't. By the way, I'm not sitting here. I've made a ton of mistakes. I've I've been reckless. This isn't about me judging. This is not about. I'm bringing this up because it's not about me judging him and his actions. This is about me bringing up why we're so quick to just like, oh, it's Tiger. But then other athletes were just so quick to condone over things that are just so much less egregious. Yeah. It, it, it's the, 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 the rationale is still very fascinating to me. That's why I'm bringing it. Like, I just, I just still don't understand. Cause people fucking love him. They did it with Kobe. Steelers fans do it with Russell Roethlisberger. You perform, you get away with a lot more. No, I know that, but there, but there's other athletes who perform just as much too, who 
people just literally will just hate over something maybe political or they don't agree with where they have a unblemished personal life. Right. And I'm, and I'm saying like, this. well, guy- that's, I mean, that's what we've covered. We've covered that plenty on the show is like, people will go shut up and dribble. If you say, you know, stop killing unarmed black people. But if the same guy murders somebody, they're like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like th- we we've already seen many sure. times over the course of the last two years, you're more likely to have like an entire, like, half of the population try to cancel your athletic career. If you say something that they don't like politically way quicker than if you just drive drunk, fuck up, get into an accident, kill a kid, rape a girl, whatever. It's why the, it's why taking the moral high ground, just like pretending that you're taking the moral high ground is just such a sham. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Exactly. And, And again, I'm not, I'm not here to just, like I said, judge tiger or, things he's done or gone through because i've done a lot of shitty things too i i just i don't know it's still fascinating to me like like when you look at greats who've done things and people get all worked up about and then i don't know anyway i just wanted to bring that up briefly just because i thought you know it's the year anniversary and i know everyone is just still just so die hard for him and so rooting for lack of a better term, for him to just come back and be the guy. Yeah. I don't care if I never see Tiger Woods on a golf course ever again. And I'm a guy who's just now into golf and you would think, Oh, the drama of that. Like, I don't care if I never see the guy on a golf course ever again. Yeah. But that's just me. Sure. You know, I mean, I, I believe tug recently bought like tiger watch, dot com and dot org and he's you know tracking his every move and putting them all in one place like you know there's just people who love the dude yeah no i know and obviously we've had those discussions on this show with tug personally in, in trying to understand it and identify it but i don't know it's it's again i find i find just the the thought process pretty interesting how people view things now we do have some calls. Great calls that like you know I've been sitting on that we want to so get to. We got a few. We, we, we got a few. Great, let's do it. I, I want to start with one. Before I do that, three one zero three five nine eight three six five is the hotline. We're talking about Tiger as a great. I, I want to start with another great, which I think is a is a good point for some of the people who never got to see him play. So let's talk about the old King of Junior. What's up, fellas? This is Jew. Um, first, I just want to say congrats, Andy, on um, your girlfriend, you know. You've shared a lot over the years, and um, I kind of put a smile on my face, knowing that you're not just in the basement jacking every day to yourself or whatever and just being lonely. Um, but then also just with the um, – you guys started talking about LeBron James and LeBron James, like how cool that would be. I was actually seeing a little uh, documentary yesterday, just a couple minutes of it, of uh, the Grippies, of how they were playing together. And um, I'm 36 years old, and I feel like no one today knows who Ken Griffey Jr. is. And he was, like, literally the biggest star, baseball star. You know, had the backwards hat, had the swingman, like the first guy that had the the apparel, all that stuff. Um, 
So who do you think is like the most forgotten of the last, I don't know, 30 years maybe, um, star that if he was a star today would just be, I mean, unbelievable how big he would be. Um, so my, I, w- I would go with Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, kind of guy seems like maybe just have been forgotten later. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to answer this question in one way, but I also am going to start by saying I kind of disagree. Interesting. I feel like I feel like Ken Griffey Jr.'s legacy holds up. I feel like if you put like uh, if you put on Dirty Sports Twitter right now, who you know what athlete do you wish you could have seen injury free? I'd say I bet you fifty percent of the answers are Ken Griffey Jr. And the other one's Bo Jackson. Yeah. Or in a mixed bag. But like, I feel like you're going to get a lot of Ken Griffey juniors, like especially in baseball. Like I feel like Ken Griffey juniors legacy is that like every, at least, at least anybody with like any sort of knowledge of sort of the history of baseball would say, this is a guy who had the potential to be one of the all time, all time, all time. Like he had a potential of being like a top 10 player ever. And he had injuries and I feel like that's his legacy. I don't really feel like he's like forgotten though. Like I would answer that if you want to go like sports wise, like here's a name. I feel like you say this name to football fans. People go, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. Sean Alexander. Dude, dude won the MVP. Dude would dude broke the touchdown record. Dude, like if he was the thing right now, you'd be talking about him being the fantasy guy for the next five seasons. Nope, number one, we're taking Sean Alexander. We're taking Sean Alexander. We're taking Sean Alexander. That's a guy who, like, I feel like is forgotten. Well, I mean, I mean, he look. I just pulled up his number. I, I think you know. I think he's forgotten. He only played nine years. That's a lot for a running back. No, no, I, no I know. He, he had he had five amazing years. Like just just five straight amazing years for Seattle. And like you said, won the MVP in 20, 2005. I mean, he's got as many MVPs as Ken Crew Jr. does. <laughs> yeah, you are right. He is forgotten. I think what maybe he's trying to say. Like in I, that, in I that, think if you, if you did the la- the, the best running backs of the last 20 years, the, he, they wouldn't even, People wouldn't even bring them up. Okay, that's a fair point. I think you're right there. I, I did want MVP. You're right. I, I'd probably forget him too. I probably would, which is crazy. But I feel he, like he's I feel local. like I feel like maybe a better thing is like Ken Griffey Jr. isn't appreciated the way he should be. That's what, well. That's what I was going to say. I don't think people realize maybe what he's trying to say is how he should be, and also how big. Like you and I know. The caller's 36. He knows. Like King Griffey Jr., he was the LeBron equivalent. Yeah. I mean, he was everything. Yeah. 19 comes up. Plays with his dad. Derby, gold gloves, MVPs, all the commercials, Nike. Yeah, he'd be huge. But like, that's the thing. I think because he was so big, like, I feel like describing it as forgotten is a bit much. I don't think anybody with baseball knowledge, even a kid who's 22, doesn't know about Ken Griffey Jr. But do they know how good he was both okay. 
defensively but, but, right. and offensively. But my point is that's different than forgot. That's what I'm saying. Like, like he was the all around multi-dimensional baseball player. I, I don't think people realize how good he was and for how many years. And again, how just basically the injuries with the Reds ruined him. Arguably the origins of the Ruther curse. Uh, I was going to say uh, the original Ruther curse. Did you buy a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey when he came to the Reds? I don't remember. Did I buy one? I'll say this. When I know exactly where I was when the trade was announced. You know, it was a sign and trade. I was I was reading. This is like the early days. I was in the room I sleep in now, which at the time was a computer room. And I was on ESPN.com. I was a senior in high school and and it was like the big ESPN news, right? Reds are trading and they're going to sign a long-term deal. They're bringing junior home. I made a bet freshman year of college. I think I said this. I was like, Oh, they have junior. I bet my buddy right away. A few months later, hundred bucks guarantee the Reds win a world series in the next three years. We, <laughs> we have Ken Griffey jr. And in that moment, Ken Griffey jr's, hamstring tore his wrist broke his back started hurting and i know exactly where like I w- andy ruther yeah. curse voodoo doll and i know exactly where i was when his when his hamstring ripped off because that was early in his second season yeah that that is funny is a sports fan that was so painful for me to watch those injuries because like we said he was still in the prime of his career yeah when the reds traded for him that was so painful for me to see Especially again, a guy come home, you know, all the videos of him playing with his dad on the field during the big red machine games and hanging out batting practice with the, the, all those great reds players. And then you're like, Oh, it's the homecoming. And the reds had just won 90 something games where they lost that one game playoff to your Mets. And you're like, Oh, this is the final piece. And then it's just injury after injury after injury. I think it might have been the origins of the Ruther curse. I was so stoked, man. I saw his first two home run game with the Reds. We skipped school. Actually, we didn't really skip. My mom wrote a note. It was a day game that I could leave school early. And a bunch of us left school early. And it was like an early uh, April or May game. And, and that was his first two home run game with the Reds. And I was like, this is it. This is our year. We got junior. It's happening. I think they had one winning season. That was his first season <laughs> with him on the Reds. I mean, it was, it was bad. Well, Joe. We'll, we'll stick. We'll stick to a call for me, but also you're you're, you're involved in this too. We, okay. We, the people are coming out about the soup. Yeah, soup gate. Andy, I would like to argue that soup can very much be a meal, and uh, you've obviously never had a delicious matzo ball soup. But the next time you're in Los Angeles, please come to my house. My wife makes a delicious matzo ball soup. It will be a meal for you. I want you and Joe to come over to this house. Uh, you'll love it. Thanks. Well, matzo ball soup, huh? I'm look, down. Here, I'm down to go try the matzo ball soup. Look, here's my thing. 
like I'll stand by my side. It's just like I want more, you know? It's not that I like like Snoop's pretty Snoop. Soup's pretty low on my priority list. Well, I mean, soup is obviously generally an appetizer. But you get a good hearty soup. Come on. And a matzo ball. Come on. That's a, that's a hearty soup. I don't have much experience in matzo ball soup. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go back to the NBA with this call. Hey, guys. We're coming boy, for uh, soup. Ryan Heinrich here. And um, I was wondering, um, you guys thought if DeMar DeRozan wins the MVP this year, would that, in your eyes, at least make him a Hall of Famer? Like, granted, I doubt he will. Like, even as a Bulls fan, I still give it to Embiid or Giannis right now. But I feel like an MVP would probably solidify him as a Hall of Famer, assuming he doesn't just, like, fall off a cliff stat-wise or play-wise after this year. But uh, let me know what you think. And uh, condoms are for the Knicks not being good enough this year to have that Chicago-New York rivalry I was really hoping for. Thanks, guys. I agree. (laughs) Um, career 20 points a game. Cause that's the big thing, right? For him. Cause he, I mean, 24 and four, essentially. On 40, on 46% shooting. So uh, listen, here's what I'll say. He is in his 12th year. If you're DeMar DeRozan, you're a Hall of Famer if you win the MVP this year and average 20 points a game in the NBA for like four more years. And then obviously you can fall off a cliff, but it's like 16 seasons of averaging over 20 points and an MVP. Yeah, you're, then you're a Hall of Famer. Unfortunately, like you said, I don't think he's going to win the MVP. And I wouldn't bet that he averages 20 points a game for four more years. But if he did, then he can get it. Why is he having such a good year? Like for such a late career resurgence? Uh, I think it's a combination of things, including being like, you can be the man. Like he was when he, he was young in um, Toronto, obviously. And then, they really got good, like truly good, you know, without him. And then on the Spurs, we all know, like, not the place to get yours. So I think it's just like the right time with the right team and gets to be the guy. Yeah. Which I think is great. I, you know, I, I think that's a great sports story when a guy in his 12th year can be playing at that level and also have a team that's playing well, you know, it's, yeah. it's cool it's, to it's see. Fun, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Obviously I was in Chicago and there, it was in the midst of, um, you know, the 35 points a game for X, I don't know how many games at seven or eight games, whatever it lasted. And Chicago was turned for it. Sure. And I agree. It's, uh, I said, I said to a couple of dirt balls who came, I was like, it's more fun when the bulls are good. Just yeah. the same way, it's more fun when the Knicks are good. Yeah, and and I agree. What a shameful uh, turn by the Knicks to not give us that. Yeah, yeah. No, in, it rela- in, is. In, in related news, in like kind of like the same kind of a player 
situation. And obviously people who are DeMar DeRozan stands will be like, how dare you? But the kind of thing where like an emergence, DeMar DeRozan emerging in Chicago, Kimball Walker will be benched, will be, is, is relieved from playing for the rest of the season. The yes, next. I saw that. Oh, God. If I was a Chargers fan, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Sorry. If I was a Mets and Knicks Chargers fan, I'd already be dead. But don't do it. The Hudson Valley is beautiful. Yeah. All right. Let's get through a couple more calls. Hey, Joe and Andy. This is Andy in Phoenix. Uh, first of all, I just want to say uh, it was great seeing Joe here in Arizona uh, and Randy Ruther. Uh, Dirt balls, if you're even a couple hours away from driving to see Joe perform, uh, you should totally do it. It's it's worth it wherever you are. Um, anyways, the reason I'm calling is I love uh, advanced analytics in sports. I like the way they use them, but not necessarily using them in their best capacity, in my opinion. Um, I feel like it'd be really cool to be watching a football game and see a live tally of the amount of man that's on a pile at any given time go up to like you know 3,500 pounds I also want to see the ethnicity breakdown uh you know 10 percent white 15 percent Latino African-American whatever it may be um I also want to see the amount of force that's being applied to the people at the bottom in a way that I understand which might be you know, this amount of force is equal to if you parked a Toyota Prius on your calf for seven seconds. Um, and I also want to hear what you guys think about some uh, maybe creative ways to use analytics uh, in any of the sports that might be more entertaining. Um, condoms are for the way Andy Ruther says dog. Dog. Uh, <laughs> Stay dirty. <laughs> I've gotten this one a lot. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Andy for the kind words about my stand-up. It was great seeing him and hanging with him in uh, Arizona. And I love his suggestions for advanced analytics. I was going to say before he started explaining it, at the Super Bowl, they were putting up some advanced analytics on the like Jumbotron throughout the game. And it was pretty cool. Like kind of like, you know, usually you look up and it's like, uh, yards passing yards whatever and it was like a lot of next gen stats which is cool but like getting a 23 and me on the dog pile like get the ethnic breakdown uh would be pretty great i love the how like, would they do that though like, like i how, don't logistically I don't know. well so here's the thing this is interesting uh you know eddie i was on on the road with eddie and and this guy who eddie knows who's growing he grew up with came to one of our shows in rosemont was hanging out and his company does this thing where like they put on like football players, like shoulder pads, like their thing. And they track all these things, how many hits they take, how much they've run, like almost like at your, you know, Apple watch health monitor, but like to the next level. And it, and it would be really, really cool if uh, we could get these on guys and have that kind of go instead of going to like a lab to be studied, goes directly to the broadcast or whatever. And, and being able to see, like you said, pressure that's happening on on that or i mean that, i mean that really would that would be fascinating to know at the bottom of a pile how much pressure is exerted or how many pounds is but on one of those guy. little things in like a ufc fighter's glove or a boxer's glove tell me like what that that punch we we just measured the force it would feel like getting hit with a baseball bat or it would feel like getting hit with a pitch 
that was 65 miles an hour in the face. I mean, I still, I still wonder like watching mic'd up. How, how do they keep the mics in there through them getting hit? How do those not fall off? <laughs> They're like strapped in. <laughs> but like, how do they not fall off, man? Velcro. These guys are hitting hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy to think a guy's wearing a microphone while he's playing football. Yeah. I mean, they're not your standard like lav mics you'd see on like a set or something like that. They're pretty advanced, but yeah. Still, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. We're talking about pounds per force and, you know, all these other crazy things. I, I want to see, like, I just thought of a stupid one. Like, how much water are they drinking per game? Like, are there guys who don't drink that much? Or, like, are they just chugging water? Like, how much Gatorade or water does Aaron Donald drink in a four-quarter NFL game? I love that Andy from Phoenix was like, I want the ethnic breakdown of the dog pile and how much force these are. And you're like... Aaron Donald, how many cups of water have you had? <laughs> like that doesn't, that's not even an advanced analytics. You could just count if you wanted. Go to a game, buy front row seats, and count Aaron Donald sips. Oh, how much water is he drinking, man? I don't know. Like, how does he, you know, he's a big dude. How much does he need to hydrate? Advanced analytics would be cool in that regard. I agree. And, and we, I think we're headed there with all these next gen stats. And you'll see that. You'll see that in the commercials when they advertise it. All right, we'll wrap it up with another NFL call. <laughs> hey, Jeff from Salt Lake City here. A uh, couple episodes behind, but just listening about the draft and what to do about that for the NFL. And uh, one thing my fantasy football team does, or league does, is um, you keep you, you keep the bottom half of the draft the same, essentially for those who make the playoffs, right? Uh, goes in reverse order of, uh, you know, as far as you go into the playoffs. Um, but then, uh, you give the 15th best team, right? The team that misses out on the playoffs first, the first overall draft. And you take teams 15 to 32 who finished, uh, in the regular season. You essentially, uh, keep that the first half of the draft. Uh, so first overall pick would go to the 15th best team, second to 16, et cetera. So you get to the playoff teams where they get flipped, like I said. Uh, so just wondering if that would just be too crazy of a competitive advantage for a team already on the cusp of the playoffs, or if it would just bury the shitty teams even more. Um, it works pretty well for our, our league to keep the league, but uh, curious to hear what you guys think. Stay dirty. I, I do think it, I do think it would give too much. I mean, we we've seen it before, especially like teams that just missed the playoffs. I mean, like, I mean, look at this Bengals team. I mean, they were, you know, right there or the, like the Bengals Raiders game was pretty close in the end. You know what I mean? And the Raiders make it cause they beat the chargers. Like the idea of like the chart, a chargers team. Being that number by, one pick. Yeah. That a Chargers team that blew out the Bengals who went to the Super Bowl, that lost in overtime to a Raiders team that were competitive on the road in Cincinnati against a team that goes to the Super Bowl. That Chargers team gets the number one overall pick. That's lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. 
Also, I mean, look, look at a team like, uh, you know, I don't know the, the, the Eagles made the, the playoffs this year, but, but like, let's take them as an example, right? They're like, they're, they're, they're the last team to make it. So they're one, like, imagine if you just give a team like the Eagles, like the best quarterback coming out of college is like, this is insane. Well, no, he's saying the teams who didn't make it. I know. I know. I I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. Yeah. I said the Eagles did make it, but I'm saying that's oh, the, gotcha. the cusp they, is right they, there. Like, they, yeah, I know like the, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Vikings that just met, you know, like these teams, the difference yeah. between making it and not making it is so slim. And yet we've seen so often teams that just barely get in run the table. So yeah, get like getting a team that's on the cusp that yeah. advantage. I mean, you know, obviously the whole goal of that, that system would be to you're eliminating tanking purposefully tanking. Right. And that's what he's saying. But yeah, you're right. It's like, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, the Chargers should get the number one overall pick. Like you're giving a team who went nine and eight, they had a lot of shitty games, but they also had a lot of great games and you're, whether that's giving another defender or a top defender or top O lineman for Justin Herbert. It's like another playmaker. Yeah. Huge advantage. I don't think it would work. I think the NFL system overall really seems to be working. You know, the majority of people I think would agree that the system at this point works in that the NFL is known for its parity and its consistency better than any other, any other league. So I would keep it. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop a podcast review on Apple. Leave your Twitter or Instagram handle on Spotify. DM me. I, I'm, I'm sticking to the continental United States. Sorry, guys. With koozies. I, mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate somebody asked me today, will you ship these to Australia? I mean, and, and, and you're not even limiting it to the continent. You will ship to uh, Alaska and Hawaii, but just the United States. Yes. I shouldn't have said it. United States. Cause yeah. dude, it's a whole thing. Even Canada, I got to fill out all this stuff. And I just, yeah. Yeah. Ain't have somebody smuggle it across the border or next time I'm in Canada, I'll come and mail them from your postal system. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life. If you're in the Central California area, I'm in the San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival this weekend. Otherwise, I'll be back here for a few weeks after that doing shows in Southern California, L.A., San, San Diego, and everywhere in between, uh, Colorado with Eddie in April. Um, so, yeah, give me a follow. Are you going to check out Pismo Beach? I think I'm going to. I've been there a few times, but yeah. I'll check it out. I think it's yeah. a great beach. Check it out. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.